Hello, and welcome to Chad's ADHD 365 podcast. I'm your host, Susan Booning, and I'm here today with Melissa Orlov to talk about the just right relationship, how to create a relationship that works for both partners. Melissa, you've worked with a lot of couples. Why are you thinking about just right relationships? Actually, that's a really good question. So I I have been working with couples for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I see is that there, is, there are these expectations that um, couples have, or particularly I think neurotypical people in these relationships have, that the relationship is going to look exactly like what they envisioned it was going to be from even before they got married. And when you're working with an ADHD-impacted couple, that typically isn't what actually happens um, because the neurotypical vision of the perfect relationship doesn't fit very well with how the ADHD brain actually functions. And so I've been giving a lot of thought to what does the just right relationship look like where both partners are satisfied with what they've got or very happy with what they've got, but that it isn't typically what either one of them envisioned when they went into it. What are the basic characteristics of a just right relationship? Well, you have to back up to what does a really good, healthy relationship look like. Um, When ADHD is part of the picture, statistically speaking, uh, couples are probably struggling. Mm -hmm. And they get embroiled in the fights about what they're having uh, in between them rather than in the sort of base level, you know, what's a healthy relationship look like. And so if you back up to what do people want out of relationships, you back up into things like a respectful relationship, one where you know you're loved, one where you know you're heard, Mm -hmm. um, those kinds of things. And that's not what's going on for most of these couples at the time. So it's it's good to get that perspective and to understand that regardless of who you are, there are some very baseline, basic elements that must be in a relationship in order for it to be healthy, including re- being respectful towards each other. Where does ADHD treatment fit into creating this sort of relationship? The ADHD uh if it doesn't have to be a problem in a relationship, mm-hmm. there are some proportion of these relationships that have no issues at all. But if it is a problem in the relationship, if the relationship is struggling, ADHD uh, symptomatic behaviors are probably playing a role in that. And it's, I'm not saying that the ADHD partner is responsible for uh, mm-hmm. marital problems because mm-hmm. it's it's the expression of whatever symptoms either partner brings to the relationship, and then the responses to those symptoms mm-hmm. from the other partner that really creates the dynamics. So mm-hmm. both partners are in it. But uh, ADHD treatment takes uh, a person who is by almost by definition, if you have ADHD, uh, what I call consistently inconsistent mm-hmm. and, and helps make that person more reliable and also more in control of where they are going and what they're doing and what uh, how they're expressing themselves. So if you have impulsivity, for example, as a key characteristic of your ADHD, and and many do, or distractibility, treatment helps you take the pause that you need to think, do I want to do this thing? Do I want to say that thing? Uh, It's just a fraction of a second or two, but just having that pause puts you as the person with the ADHD back in control of your life. You get to express yourself the way you want to. There seems to be a conflict between maintaining trust and the inconsistency that can come with ADHD. So how can couples put 
this into perspective. So people think of trust. If you just say, you know, to somebody who's walking down the street, what does it mean to, ha- for, to trust your partner? Lots of times what they'll say is, we'll agree to something and I will know for sure that my partner will do it. Right. And um, that's one element of trust. It's not the only element of trust, but it's a critical one that if you have ADHD, it's pretty hard to fulfill. And that isn't to say you're not a good person or whatever. It just means you have these symptoms. ADHD people can be and, sh- and are trustworthy people, but they need to have a slightly different system in place with their partners that is one that includes the fact that there may be inconsistency in their performance and has a way to get back to their partner pretty quickly and say, oh, you know what? I said I was going to do this thing by Tuesday, but it turns out that something came up on Monday that got in the way. So I know I'm not going to get to it by Tuesday or, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to get to it or not even agreeing to it by a specific deadline in the first place. It just needs to be a very realistic, Mm -hmm. open communication back and forth between the partners. Mm -hmm. And at that point, then, what you have, you hopefully, is two partners who understand that this inconsistency is there, but it isn't an indication of whether the person is trustworthy. It's an indication of having the symptoms of ADHD, which is a very different thing. How much accommodation of ADHD is too much? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you where it ends up being too much, and that's when you have what I call parent-child dynamics, where the non-ADHD partner is over-functioning. They take on a managerial role, a sort of bossy role, a, you know, we're going to do it this way. They start educating the ADHD partner. Well, if you did it this way, it would be faster, or, you know, they, and they, they become the sort of leader, and the ADHD partner becomes a sort of a childlike role in that relationship. They under function in the relationship, that's where definitely uh, accommodating, quote unquote, accommodating the ADHD, you, you end up turning the ADHD partner into somebody who's incapable. And that's not the case. It's not that these par- partners are incapable. That's not the issue at all. The issue is they do things very differently. A good accommodation of ADHD is accommodating the way that a person with ADHD does things, accommodating the speed with which they do things, which typically, not always, but typically is a little slower than the non-ADHD partner for a variety of reasons, and really integrating that into the relationship, how you understand each other. So how do you get your own opinions heard when you disagree? For either partner or... Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the first uh, issue is one of being calm. So one of the characteristics of people with ADHD is they often have what's called emotional lability, Mm -hmm. which means that they um, have a a more extreme response emotionally and also a faster response emotionally than people who don't have ADHD. Um, Keeping that relationship calm and expressing yourself not in the heat of the moment, if there is heat, Uh, but withholding that and then coming back um, in a way that doesn't trigger um, defensiveness. But in a nutshell, it's non-aggressive speaking and non-defensive listening. And this is a skill that couples can build. It isn't, you know, you're not born with it, but you just practice it. That's a great way to be heard on both sides. Uh, If you're non-defensively listening, your partner in theory can be heard. You can hear what your partner is saying. Even if you don't agree with it, that's okay. Um, The fact that one of you holds an opinion makes it worth uh, being explored. What about 
if the controlling and defensive behaviors are really entrenched, what do you do with a partner's continuing to control? Well, in a therapeutic situation, typically I would confront those partners. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm kind of aggressive that way. I call myself mm-hmm. an activist counselor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't sit back and go, so how do you feel today? That's sort of not my style. Mm-hmm. Um, you really have to hold up that mirror and, and show mm-hmm. people how destructive Mm-hmm. the behavior that they're holding on to is to them personally. Mm-hmm. So the thought often is, well, if I behave this way, I will teach my partner something or I will demonstrate in a really obvious way how I feel. But if you're making your partner defensive, that partner is closed down. They're in, they have a wall up. They're incapable of hearing how you feel. So you really have to shift the conversation around to, to something which is it's in your best interest to be calm, honest, open, respectful, et cetera, and teach people how to do that. And, and it's not an issue of sort of putting lipstick on a pig. Mm-hmm. It is really a genuine, if you want to have a healthy relationship, respect has to be part of this. How do we both diminish the anger and the frustration and that's where ADHD treatment can come in and a lot of other things so you know long long term work on that and also improve the communication skills between you so that there is mutual respect and very importantly equal status in that relationship between those partners you can't have the overfunction underfunction mm-hmm. thing going on well thank you very much i think this will be a very helpful conversation for many of of our listeners. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chad's ADHD 365 podcast.